Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. Live. It's the first practice of training camp from some notable new names with new teams. OBJ in Cleveland, Le'Veon Bell with the Jets, both have just spoken for the first time. We're live at both camps. A new season, some new challenges for some veteran quarterbacks, both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, on the field today. And the architect of a dynasty, Alabama head coach Nick Saban joins us. He'll talk about his tremendous program and the NFL factory it has become. We are happy to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. Hello there. I'm Wendy Nix with Adam Schefter, Dan Orlovsky, and Lewis Riddick. It is still early in the afternoon. However, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas in search of a new deal still has not reported to the team's training facility. This is according to Adam Schefter, who'll tell you more. The Saints start training camp workouts tomorrow. However, today is the deadline for veterans to report. Since entering the league in 2016, Thomas has produced a league-high 321 catches, also the most by any player ever in his first three seasons. Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins are second and third, respectively, on, in receptions during that span and have netted at least 130 grand per catch. Thomas has earned just $12,000 per reception. Look, he's underpaid, but how big a deal is this and what do you expect? Wendy, this is a big deal. And this is a big deal for a lot of different reasons. It's a big deal for the New Orleans Saints because this guy is vital to their offense when they are a team that are as, as good as any team in the league right now. It is another player taking a stand, which is a big deal. We are seeing a trend go around this week. Michael Thomas in New Orleans, Melvin Gordon in Los Angeles, Yannick Ngagwe in Jacksonville, Trent Williams in Washington. Various reasons, mostly contract-related, but players now pushing back. And it's an example of players also getting offered fair value contracts and players not only wanting to hurdle the guy that's ahead of them, but to pole vault past them and to really make a mark. And so there are so many things about this that to me make it a big deal. Now, could they solve this in 24 hours? Sure. But these sides have been talking for weeks. And the fact that Michael Thomas is not there on the day that veterans report and they're getting ready to practice, tells you that this could go on a while and that the Saints could be losing one of their most important players. Well, it's a big deal because it reshapes certainly the NFC South as a division if Michael Thomas is not a part of the Saints. Think about that statement. Yeah. Then the next step is it reshapes the NFC playoff picture potential and certainly Super Bowl contenders because the Saints are a bona fide Super Bowl contender with Michael Thomas. And when you take his 125 catches and 1,400 yards off that football team, they are no longer in the running to win that division or in the running to go to the NFC title game and potentially the Super Bowl because he's that good of a player. He's one of the better players on a team that's been one of the best teams in the NFL over the last four or five years. So you're making the argument that he is necessary for this team to be a Super Bowl contending team. Unquestionably, absolutely, because he's, he's a type of receiver that Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins are like, it doesn't matter if he's open. He doesn't have to get open. He's that good. You just throw it to him. Look, contracts are always framed in the context of leverage and timing. He has both. 
the leverage and the timing being that Drew Brees' window is going to close at some sure. point. He can't play forever. Look, if you're a wide receiver and you have 97 more receptions in a single season than the next closest wide receiver on your roster, you think you might they might need you on your football team? Mm. 97 more receptions than the next closest wide receiver. The next closest wide receiver overall, meaning pass catcher, is Alvin Kamara on this football team based off of last year. Then Ben Watson, then Traquan Smith. 97 more receptions than Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith. There's a reason why Michael Thomas right now feels as though he has leverage. There's a reason why he's right now holding out to become not just, as you said, not just surpass the next guy, but pole vault way past him and put a huge amount of distance in between the number one paid wide receiver and the number two paid receiver. And he has a compelling case in terms of leverage and timing to go ahead and take this thing. And what makes Michael Thomas, one of the things that makes Michael Thomas so good on the football field is his attitude. His swagger, his cockiness, his braggadocio. Guess what? That's the kind of thing that's hurting the Saints in this negotiation and empowering Michael Thomas to take a stand that even though, yeah, I could be the highest paid wide receiver in the game, I want more. And so that's, again, why this is happening. Because he says, I'm the man. I'm the man. Feed me. He says it to Drew Brees. He's saying it to the front office now. Feed me. It's not enough. I want more, more, more. And you know what? Good for players getting whatever they can get when they want it. It's not that easy, and that's why we're in a negotiation. And to show you what serious business this is, and this is true of Michael Thomas and Melvin Gordon and Yannick Ngagwe and any player under contract, they're not there. It's $40,000 a day that they can be fined every single day. So one week is $280,000, $40,000 for not showing up today and taking a physical. So that tells you that in the case of Michael Thomas and all these other holdouts, it's on. You know, it's interesting because I can see this coming to a point, and I know it's convenient for everyone to say, like, you never talk about another man's money or anything like that. But to lose point, Drew Brees has got another year or two. Right. And this might come down to Drew Brees having to make a phone call and being like, hey, I understand that you're trying to get everything you feel you've earned and desire and deserve, but I need you here. And I don't have 10 more years to play in this league with a shot at the Super Bowl. It might come down to that form of leadership to Brees to make a phone call and be like, or does he make that same you. phone call to ownership and say, hey, I need him here. Pay the man. Which yeah. I've got a year Look, to I mean, there, either there, way. Somebody give. There is a severe imbalance, a severe weighting towards Michael Thomas as opposed to the rest of the wide receivers on this group. And look, this is something, if we just now start to kind of boil this down to football and X's and O's, there's a reason why this team has known and has tried to address the number two wide receiver position. Because of the imbalance, because of the number of targets he gets, because everyone who plays the Saints knows you have to start with number 13. If you can stop number 13, then at least you have a shot. You have a pretty good shot of slowing down this offense and they, they've tried to address this and since they haven't he knows it too he knows going into 2019 I'm the guy and there's no question that right now even though you can't make an apples apples comparison athletes look at other sports athletes athletes look at the landscape of other sports and right now everyone is focused on basketball as far as the pay is concerned although there aren't even close to having the same number of players that ownership is responsible for paying. But these guys in football are saying, I'm getting as much guaranteed money as yeah. I can right away, yep. right now, because I'm, I don't know how long I'm going to play this game. And not many. And it's not to say he doesn't care about the rest of the team and the greater good as far as winning games and having maybe Breeze go out with another Super Bowl, 
But Michael Thomas is looking out for Michael Thomas, yeah. and you can't blame him. As, you have to. as he should, but you can't blame saying, him. And by saying that, it was so interesting about it because coaches are preaching team, team, team yeah. at training camp, and as training camps get underway, he's saying me, me, me. And so here we go. You know another what? You know player what's taking a stand. You know what's interesting? I know I'm being told to wrap, but I just want to say this. Nick Saban's here today. Last year we talked to him about that we philosophy, did. right? We did. About how recruiting players has changed. And about he's how you, had to adjust. Exactly. By the how way. you have to focus on the individual and hope you can recoup the team concept on the back end. But he sells individuals. That's right. And he you has know what? To. That's the way of the world. So coaches can preach team all they want. But if you try and jam that down players' throats nowadays, I promise you they'll it's tune out. It's changing. It is they'll changing, and it's very obvious this week. That's right. Thomas is slated, by the way, to earn just $1.14 million in cash this season. If you do that via the ranks, it's 104th among active wide receiver contracts. All right, now to camp. The new-look Browns holding their first team-wide practice of training camp today. The expectations in Cleveland, a far cry from where they were this time last year. While Baker Mayfield is the leader of this young squad, all eyes, right now anyway, are on the new addition of Odell Beckham Jr. It's nice to just be out here and be able to, you know I mean, do what you love. You know, I've been playing this game since I was four or five years old. Um, so just to be able to be back in the football and shift all of your focus on football, um, cut everything else out, uh, I'm just excited about being back. Can you hear the excitement? With the I, you can feel it. You don't even have to hear it. I'm a, I'm a, like I told you before, I'm a real empath, so I could feel um, the, the hunger and the, and the want to win from these fans. And um, that's something we just want to you know, be able to showcase and, and give to them. Whenever I sit down to eat in the cafe, I just sit with a different group of people. Um, and just sit there, talk, communicate, and you get to know those guys because these are the guys you're going to war with. Um, you know, there's no disrespect to the coaches or anybody else in the organization, but, you know, when the snap and the whistle blows, it's just us out there. Um, so you got to get to know who you're battling with. And um, we're all fighting for the same goal. So I'm excited to be able to learn new faces. And, you know, you, this game has taught me um, you make lifelong friends. You know, whether you're on the same team, you go from a team, you go from a different team, the, these are guys that you battled with and uh, you'll forever remember and cherish each other. Well, here we go, here we go. What a, what a difference the season makes. I mean, this time last year we were saying one win, two wins, all of the above. Now they're the favorites, in a lot of people's opinion, to win this division. Uh, Dan, what's, what's the first step? you got to well, take one before you can take the next. Well, Freddie Kitchens being the coach that John Dorsey believes him to be. You know, like Freddie Kitchens obviously captured this team last year, took them on a great run. They were the number one offense in the NFL. But he needs to be that full-time now. And if he's the coach that John Dorsey believes, it's going to be huge for this football team. And then the next step is Baker Mayfield planting his flag as one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. Not one of the really promising young ones, but one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. And I will say this, they need to have a plan. Their leadership, their quarterback, and some of the veterans on this team need to have a plan for when things do go south or when things do get difficult because they're going to in the NFL season. He's going to have three games when he plays bad in a row. They're going to have a two-game losing streak. How do they handle that? How does Baker specifically handle that? What's his plan for making sure that he can continue to galvanize those guys? And these pieces come together, but that's why these training camp practice still matter. It's a day-by-day-by-day building of a regimen and a chemistry and a belief that they can actually be the team that so many people think they can be this season. Lewis, let me ask you this. Training camp is what it is, and it gets long. We're in the early days now, but it will drag, and then we will move into the preseason. You know, what 
if you're the Cleveland Browns, forget about week one. What do you need to accomplish in these next four or five weeks? Well, I think first and foremost, especially from an offensive perspective, offense is about repetition and timing and nuance. And a lot of these guys, well, let's just say this. The number one guy that everyone's going to be watching this year hasn't been there. So these first couple of days, I mean, it's really about Baker and OBJ in particular establishing, okay, look, these are this is how I see things pre-snap. This is, these are the kind of ways I like to try and attack these coverages. This is how these routes are run. This is how I like to throw them. Where do you want them thrown? This is the time. Really just kind of getting to know. I mean, OBJ just said this in the interview. I sit with a different group of players every day because I'm just trying to just sit down and get to know these guys and get a feel for them. Why is that? He hasn't been around them. So I think it's almost like becoming comfortable now with my new team. And that's, that's one of the things we talked about on this show numerous times was those are the things that he's missing by not being there in the offseason. And people say the offseason doesn't mean anything. You don't need it anymore. Heck, some people don't think you need training camp. You don't need preseason games. You should just go right <laughs> to the regular season. Ooh, and no one will get hurt that Well, you way. know what they're trying to do now? Within these next couple, these next two weeks before they play a preseason game, just trying to jam all the things that they missed in the offseason into that tight little window, Wendy, that they kind of, where you have more time to work on it in the offseason under a more relaxed environment. It isn't relaxed anymore because you know you're about to start playing games for real. And so now the intensity ratchets up, the pressure ratchets up. Listen, you see where it could be a problem. Lewis just made a great point of them trying to work through things of I know it this way. We just saw Baker say a little past the Odell about a minute ago on video. Odell reached for it, wasn't there, and then you watch Baker walk over and start to communicate with him. That's what's important over these next couple weeks. To Lewis's point is, OBJ hasn't been there. And so understanding, hey, how are you coming out of that cut? Where do you want it? What's the timing like? That's what's one of the most important things, especially when no pads are on. Talk about expectations. This team hasn't made the playoffs since 2002. That is the NFL's longest active playoff drought, and many folks believe that drought will be broken in 2019. We will see. Pretty unbelievable the talent that Coach Nick Saban has been able to send to the next level. He's produced a whopping 34 first-round picks in the NFL draft as a head coach. That's the most by any college coach since the common draft era began. Alabama has had at least one first-round pick in 11 straight drafts. That is the second longest streak in the aforementioned common draft era. And we're pleased to have with us Coach Nick Saban just before things get really crazy in Tuscaloosa as if they aren't already. But, Coach, when you hear those numbers, I mean, how does that happen? It doesn't just happen. How does it happen? Well, I, I think that we're very fortunate. We've had a lot of really good football players. Um, I think I've kind of proven over time that I can coach the good players to play good. Uh, <laughs> which, um, But I, I think we've been very fortunate. I think we we try to do a good job of creating value for players in terms of whether it's personal development, making sure they graduate, develop careers off the field, uh, make them the best football players that they can be to try to develop them so they have a chance to have a career as a football player. So, um that's something that we've done, you know, fairly well through the years, and a lot of players have benefited from it. You know, not every player that comes through your program clearly will play at the next level, but for those who obviously have an opportunity or at least a shot, what's the number one thing you try to impart on them in, from the very beginning? Because they'll spend some time at the college level, and then they'll move on. So w- where do you want them to start? I think the first thing is, is I want the, the players to learn how to stay focused on what they have to do to accomplish the goals that they have you know outcomes are distractions you know so I want them to focus on what do you have to do to get the outcome that you want all right so what kind of work ethic you're going to have what kind of perseverance you're going to have how are you going to be able to stay focused on playing the next play uh, so that you're not distracted by things that 
are, are not going to help you play uh, to, to the best of your ability, and that's the best way that you have a chance to be successful. And most guys in college, they're worried about getting drafted. You know, what I yeah. try to tell our players is when you get drafted, that's the starting point. Right. Uh, now, what are you going to do with your career? And these things that we've tried to teach you is going to help you have a successful t- career. Well, you want to talk successful career? Take a look behind you. This is We did this earlier in the week. Guys, we gotta- this is the all-Alabama team. This is the current starting 11, if you will, of the best of the best. And, I mean, it's a little bit silly, the names on that list. Yeah, yeah Coach, it's interesting. We, we put together this team the other day, and then we did an all-time, an all-time Alabama football team. But when you look at these guys, when you look at these current players, there's obviously some current threads that run through all these guys as far as their makeup. And I'm sure, you know, you're looking for those those kind of makeup characteristics when you're recruiting them. What stands out to you about the DNA of these guys on this football team? Like like, like Julio Jones and Amari Cooper, for instance, we, made, we highlighted the fact that these are two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And you've got another one on your roster right now who people are saying may be better than those two guys. And I know you don't want to say that. And I'm, I'm saying good. it, but he could be right. I mean, He's so a good player. What, so was is, Calvin Ridley. What is it that, what is it that you see is common amongst these players in particular? I, I think the thing that's common among these players is they're all great competitors, and they're all motivated by a challenge. You know, I've heard every one of those guys up there because we get, you know, our guys that we recruit kind of get told, "Well, you have a hard time playing in Alabama. They have all these good players." You know what these guys would say? Bring it on. It made me better. Right. Yeah. It made me better. I played in Alabama. I had to compete every day against somebody at my position, but also the guy that I was playing against. And that's what motivated them all to be the best players that they could be. And it started with Julio, uh, and we just had a lot of great ones, you know. Uh, and I think that's what makes you a great coach is having really good players but doing a really good job of helping those guys develop to be the best players they can be. Well, Lewis preaches that all the time. You know, when players, when they are drafted, sometimes the best talent goes to the wrong place and it doesn't pan out, and there's so many factors that go into that. So much of it is the situation you're put in. Uh, you talked about Julio. Alabama's produced some receivers. There's no question about that. Uh, so take a look and tell us what you think about each of these plays. These are some of your former receivers and their best plays from last season. This is week 15 against the Cardinals. This is Julio. It gets back. Patrick Peterson makes the what just, just the, the diving catch in the end zone. Well, Julio is just, you know, outstanding size, strength, and speed. But the thing that I love about Julio the most, you know, people don't realize he came to Alabama when we were bad. You know, we were six <laughs> after the first year, I, and he came, and, and, and I, I didn't think he was going to come because we already had four receivers. And he said, I don't care who comes. I'm going to compete. And Amari Cooper, same way. Did, uh, did I mean, you know you had – how early did you know you had something special? I'll ask the same question about Amari Cooper and, and Calvin Ridley. Well, Amari Cooper was he came to camp in the summertime after his junior year. He was phenomenal. And he wasn't really being that highly recruited because he didn't play much his junior year. And, you know, Calvin was – we always thought Calvin was going to be an outstanding player. You know, he was highly recruited. He had a great high school career, great competitor, and really hard worker. Really because hard work. I, I've, I've heard you often talk about the wide, wide receiver position as far as how you construct it, and I kind of use it. I kind of stole it from you. I say it the same way. When you're constructing that room, it's almost like a building a basketball team. You have That's different exactly body right. types, right? You have right. big, strong guys, maybe guys who play in the slot. I mean, these guys, do you purposely recruit that way? We try to recruit guys that have a little different role. Right. Like point guards different than a two guard, different than a swing forward. I mean, because you need all those different type roles, I think, to have a really good receiving core. 
you know, any of those guys can be fantastic in that particular role. Uh, but to have a really good core of receivers, you need to have all those different types of guys. You talked about the goal of a lot of players and you, is to get drafted, certainly the ones that come to Alabama, and you preach just, just get there. But when you have a season and a player like you're going to have with Tua this year, I mean, you know, that, it's going to be talked about from day one all the way to the end. How do you coach him, coach, and say, you know, hold your fire here. We've got to get through this season. Well, I, I think that Tua plays the best when he takes what the defense gives. And I think any quarterback wants to make plays, and I think we have some outstanding receivers that can make plays. So, you know, the instinct is, is let me get him the ball and let him make a play. All right, but you got to take what the defense gives. You cannot try to force things, all right, because when you try to force things at quarterback, to me, I think when that's, that's when bad things happen. That's when you throw interceptions. That's when you don't take care of the ball. That hurts the team. And when Tua has done the first part of that the right way, he is phenomenal. And he's phenomenal most of the time because he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. When you've had as much success as you've had, many people would think, well, Nick's not going to change very much, you know, from one season to the next because, look, he's just been dominating. I mean, look at the numbers. People he's putting in the pros, the number of national championships he's won. You had a lot of turnover on your staff this year. You've changed a lot of positions, right? You have new, two new coordinators. I mean, Pete Golden, I've been reading about him, and re- I read some of the things you said about your new D coordinator. Like, he may have been one of the best interviews you've ever had. How's the staff coming together? How do you, how do you see it translating on the football field this year? No, I think the staff is really doing well. I mean, I like the guys. I think, you know, it's important that you get character people that have ability to communicate, develop relationships with players. Uh, as well as very knowledgeable, smart people who fit in well with each other and are part of a team. And I think uh, this group of coaches that we have have done that extremely well. Uh, I think when you have new coaches, it brings new energy and enthusiasm to your staff. But I think that building relationships with players is really important in recruiting and it's really important in team chemistry. Uh, and this, this group has done a really good job of that. Coach, you certainly don't have to do it anymore, but is it still fun? Oh, yeah. I love it. I mean, (laughs) it's absolutely fun. I mean, every season is like a new challenge. You know, the way I look at it at this station in my career is every year it's like taking a new job. Mm -hmm. You know, you got a new team, different players going to have different roles, different leadership. Uh, How do you different coaches in some cases? How do you get all these people to sort of mesh together to have a successful team and see if you can get it to play to its full potential? And it's very challenging. And I actually love it, and I love being a part of the team. All right. Well, we love it because we like to watch, so we don't want you to go anywhere just yet. Coach, <laughs> best of luck. We'll be watching. Thank no you. question about that. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy geico Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. Well, he's back. Today marks Le'Veon Bell's first training camp practice in, count them up, 1,071 days. That means Adam Gase, too, takes the reins for his first training camp, at least in Florham Park this week. Sam Darnold and the rest of Gang Green on the field now with training camp underway. Diana Rossini is there as well. She was present for the Jets' first practice in Florham Park. Diana, what's the takeaway today? 
You know, Wendy, I'm so glad that you guys have the great Nick Saban in studio today because it's funny. I was listening to Adam Gase talk today about this Jets team, and I kept thinking he sounds like somebody I hear on TV all the time. And it's, of course, his mentor, Nick Saban, Adam Gase being a protege of coach there. And you know, Adam Gase is so excited about this offense, but specifically about Le'Veon Bell, seeing him out here really for the first time. And in terms of how ready Le'Veon Bell is, he said he has not skipped a beat. As for Le'Veon Bell, he says he's been itching to get back out there. It just felt good to even put the cleats on. In fact, he went through the conditioning tw- test yesterday twice just because he wants to just keep on running out there. Of course, we saw a lot of handoffs to Sam Darnold, a lot of things that we'll potentially be seeing in this offense in the upcoming weeks. But as for the rust we talk about, Lou, you and I talk about it all the time on the show. Will he be able to shake the rust after sitting out for 18 months? Well, this was Le'Veon's answer to my question about it. I've been playing football for literally like 20 plus years. So it's like (laughs) I've been playing since like five. So, I mean, if I'm rusty, I don't feel it. You know, it just feels like I'm playing football. You know, I mean, maybe, you know what I'm saying, somebody else will say I'm rusty, but I feel perfectly fine. I feel like when the ball's coming to me, I can catch it. You know, I see every, you know, point of the laces, the the tip, everything. You know, the, the holes don't seem like it's moving too fast or closing too quickly. I feel fine, you know, so I'm ready. Can you see it? Can you see the glow, the optimism here? Obviously, he feels fresh and ready to go. And we jokingly asked him, you know, would you be okay with, you know, say 500 touches this season? And he goes, if that means we can win the Super Bowl. So while we criticized him a bit all of last season saying, you know, maybe he's a me guy. Today, all of his answers had to do with the Jets winning. I didn't hear anything about what he wanted to accomplish. It was all about getting the New York Jets to the playoffs. Diana, thank you. The Jets certainly didn't waste any time and opened up their wallets during the offseason. Le'Veon Bell, C.J. Mosley, they dropped over $128 million in guaranteed money on free agents. That's numero uno, number one in the league. Lately, the big offseason spender has been successful. The last three teams to lead the NFL in free agent spending saw at least a five-win improvement the next season, and also they made the playoffs. You know, I said this this morning, though. I just can't quite – it's early, but get a, get a handle on this team. The pieces are in place, a lot of new additions, a lot of money spent at them, but there, there just seems to be still some question marks about how this comes together. Well, there are question marks, I think, because it's the New York Jets. Yes, we look that's at their it. History. That's exactly right. But when you look at this team – It's put together right now pretty well. They have a GM that you'd want leading this team forward in Joe Douglas. They have an intelligent coach in Adam Gase. They've got offensive talent. They've got a young quarterback. They've got good defensive players. They still don't have a deal done with Quinn and Williams. That's dragging on way longer than it should, delaying that from him getting to training camp, which is a hindrance to this team right now. But this is a team that should be on the rise, and I think it's ready to take the next step. And, again, we'll see how it works out. But I think this team is better than people realize and set up to have a fairly successful future. But you're not used to speaking about the Jets in that way. No, you're not. And, Dan, let me take coming together as a team off the table because that's clearly the biggest challenge. But outside of that, when you look at this roster, when you look at this coaching staff, what will be their biggest challenge? Well, Adam Gase is going to have to prove to be a better coach than he was in Miami. And that's part of the unknown is, is he's recently fired. And so he's got to prove to be a better coach. That offensive line needs to take a step forward and stay healthy. 
their young quarterback needs to play the way he did the last six weeks of the season than he did earlier on, uh, how are they going to use Le'Veon Bell? You know, Adam Gase, to his credit, Kenyon Drake, his tailback in Miami last year, he had 53 catches. So he, he has a good understanding of how to utilize a back in other ways just running. Do the corners play the way that they're paid to play? Like Tremaine Johnson last year was a big money free agent corner and was really bad. So does he take a step forward and play the right way? Because to Shefty's point, there are some pieces mm. that are parts of this football team, but tied to those pieces are all asterisks or question yeah, marks. And there's big ifs. If Darnold plays better, if Tremaine Johnson plays better, they've got to answer those uh, with their play on the field. Lewis, as a talent evaluator mm. with a single-season sample size, are you buying Sam Darnold is the long-term answer? Sure. So far, so good. It's still going to – now it's going to be – whether or not he's the answer is going to be contingent upon what's his relationship like now with Adam Gaze. How does that come off? How does the offensive line, as Dan alluded to, continue to progress? Because it wasn't good enough. We'll see if it is now. How does he develop a rapport with a guy – you know, like Jamison Crowder now, who will be an absolute target magnet. Does Robbie Anderson continue to be a guy who can stretch the field vertically outside the numbers? Does Quincy Anunwa stay healthy and be one of those one of those joker-type wide receiver slash hybrid uh, tight ends? And then on the defensive side, even though I'm not talking about Sam Darnold anymore, just to piggyback off of that conversation, you know, we have a lot – there's a lot of optimism surrounding this team. I don't think there are expectations, per se, with this football team. But Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator on that side of the football, is a high-pressure type of signal caller. He likes to send lots of extra pass rushers. They don't have the corners to do that. And quite honestly, the reason why he's going to need the pressure to pass for this year, they don't have the perimeter pass rushers. So I don't know if this team is necessarily set up right now to really maximize what the coaching staff really is as far as their DNA and how they like to call games. But it's looking up. It's looking up. I'm curious. I, I'm interested to see how this plays out and yeah. how the, the season goes for the Jets. When there is training camp, there are players who don't come to training camp. That's the way it works. And a handful of veterans not at training camp this week. So far, Melvin Gordon made his holdout intention clear to the Chargers. His 38 scrimmage touchdowns the last three seasons are the second most in the NFL. In Houston, Jadeveon Clowney did not report to camp. He still has yet to sign his one-year franchise tender. It's worth just over $15.9 million for the 2019 season. Remember, he can't be fined. And today, Adam Schefter reporting Saints wideout Michael Thomas did not report to camp. His reps continue to try and negotiate a long-term deal, but we talked about this earlier. This is a potential big problem in the Big Easy. Listen, the Saints veterans reported today. Michael Thomas did not report with them. Now, they take the field tomorrow, and we'll see whether Michael Thomas does get back out there, but they've been talking for weeks. They have been unable to get a deal done. The deal would have been a very lucrative deal, but Michael Thomas obviously believes he is worth more than that at this point in time. And because of that, he has stayed away from the team today, which he can be fined $40,000 for staying away today, and he'll be fined $40,000 for staying away every day. But we've got a team that's a Super Bowl contender. you got a guy that may be the best player on there, and... Basically, oh, oh, this just in also. The Cowboys team plane just shut its doors. Is off to training camp in Oxnard, California. Mm-mm. Guess and who's Zeke Elliott is not on the plane. Not, not good. on the plane. So now look, he could show up tomorrow and he could be there on that plane or he could be there in time for practice tomorrow. 
But when the Cowboys team playing ju- literally moments ago, doors shut, off to Oxnard, no Zeke Elliott on the plane. And that tells you what other people have been wondering about for a while. Would he, could he, should he stay away from training camp? Now, look, this could be just a tactic where he shows up in Oxnard tomorrow and joins the team in time for practice. That could be. But what we do know is that the doors just shut on the Cowboys team plane moments ago. And Zeke Elliott is not on that plane. And the interesting thing is Zeke Elliott and Michael Thomas are both in relatively similar situations, and so are their football teams. This is another football team that you can say certainly has a division a chance to win the NFC East division, and they are playoff and potentially Super Bowl contenders. And if Zeke is not there, they're in the same boat as the Saints, that they're no longer going to be in that same role because he – so important to that football team. The reality is the Saints run their offense in many ways through Michael Thomas. The Cowboys run their offense through Ezekiel Elliott. I played with Calvin Johnson, and I played with Andre Johnson. I played with Reggie Wayne. The big thing with those players that we all ran our offense through those guys, we knew we had a chance. No matter who else was healthy on our team, we knew we had a chance to win the ball game because those guys were going to be playing with us. So if Michael Thomas or Zeke Elliott isn't there – you as a player feel, uh-oh. Uh, well, it changes we, the air. We so might not have a chance yeah. this week because That's those guys are so important. the last thing you want at this point in the ballgame. What other option do players have, particularly running backs, and you're seeing it here with Melvin Gordon, what other options do they have than to withhold their services? They see the writing on the wall at the running back position. They see where this is trending. They see what has happened with Todd Gurley as far as maybe there could be some real, real tangible effects of the wear and tear in terms of, all of a sudden, you know, you're not the same person you were from one year to the next. And they know that teams are looking at this. They saw what happened with Devontae Freeman as soon as, as soon as he got his money. They saw what happened in San Francisco. San Francisco signs Jarrett McKinnon to a big contract. He gets hurt. All of a sudden, you find out about Matt Breida. And all of a sudden, you, you realize that maybe I can get 70, 80, 90% of the production out of a backup as I got out of my number one guy, and we can still win. So what do these premium running backs think? Well, before I get hurt. Before someone starts thinking and trying to use that philosophy against me, I better get mine. And with, with Ezekiel Elliott, he knows that the Cowboys control his ability to get paid, or rather his ability to not get paid, because they can right now, they have the fifth-year option at their disposal, and they have the franchise tag at their disposal. It could be a while. And he could, he could be sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and continuing to take hits and continuing to deliver for this football team, but not securing his financial future. So what other option does he have, especially playing running back, than to sit and go, I'm not playing? This is unbelievable to me because now, again, we add Ezekiel Elliott to the list. Let me recount it one more time. No Zeke Elliott on the team playing to Dallas. Again, maybe he shows up tomorrow, but clearly something may be amiss. No Michael Thomas in New Orleans today when the Saints report. No Melvin Gordon with the Chargers. No Trent Williams in Washington. No Yannick Ngagwe in Jacksonville. I don't know that we've had five holdouts. Now, people could go back to last year. Le'Veon Bell, he held out. No, he didn't. He wasn't under contract. Like, he never signed his franchise. Right. Right now. You don't get, mm-hmm. usually, holdouts. We've got five right now. Five holdouts. And it's players, again, as we've seen over the last year in the NFL, Players doing things that they haven't done in the past to force the measure that they want, to get traded from a team, to land a new contract, to get more money than was being offered. We're seeing players, I think, fight back. 
They can bat him. $40,000 a day, they'll be fine. into their yeah. own hands at his own these situations. And I kind of look at it like this. You might be the players not only individually, but to your point, Shefty, as a group, might be planning themselves against general managers and saying, okay, which general manager is going to be the one in the NFL to blink or to crack and then set the ripple effect for all the general managers? Because I'd imagine some of these general managers are, sit- are sitting there going, I don't want to be the first guy to give in. Like, as, just as an overall big picture going, I want to make sure that I'm protecting not only my football team, but the league, in, well, in a way, yeah, not wanting watching. to be the – because yeah. then all players, then you're, you're going to have – Yeah, you're going to have the NBA free agency where everyone became a free agent this year. And listen, Zeke Elliott this year is supposed to make about $3.8 million. I think everybody could agree he is their most valuable player. They're not going – they don't seem to be going very far without Zeke Elliott. Now, the Cowboys technically control his rights, not just for this season, not just for next season, but if you want to get technical for the next five seasons – what? Because they could franchise him three times if they wanted. Now, they won't do that. Sure. That won't happen. But they control his but rights in indefinitely. But I, and so his only measure, his only way to really try to fight back against the system is to withhold services, sure. which you never would recommend in previous years. But now it almost seems like it's becoming more and more common. And I, and I think, again, I think running back is a very unique situation. Again, because we have seen teams succeed without the premium star number one runner. We've seen them do it. That's not to say Dallas can do it. I'm saying teams have done it. And running backs know this. Agents know this. In particular, though, I will say this. Players themselves know it. Because I don't care how much an agent advises you on doing something. The player knows this. He knows what the wear and tear is feeling like on his body. He knows how much time he may or may not have left. And quite honestly, he's the one, he has to ultimately look out for himself. He does, regardless of what the agent tells him. Ezekiel Elliott, these guys take... Just go down to a sideline and watch an NFL game today. It's different than from the time I played. And we played in the vicious era. These guys are big and fast, and they hit hard. And running backs take an unbelievable beating. And they're sitting there now going, we have no shot really at getting the second contract, really, in the, in the traditional sense, given the way we're taking the beating nowadays. So we have to try and get it earlier. And I want to make that point off, Lou, that they know that the second contract is unlikely. Remember, this isn't just the thing that these guys have been thinking about for three or four years. A lot of these guys, it's been their dream for, since they were eight years old. Oh, I this is 12 years, 13, 14 years in the making to get to the moment or the situation where Zeke is in. And it seems like some of these guys want to plant their feet in the ground because of that. And the CBA works against running backs mm. trying to get to that next contract. So that's something that they have to it, get correct in the next season. No, no question about that. Again, Ezekiel Elliott not on the team plane heading to Oxnard. Does he go? Maybe, but he's not on that plane. The defending Super Bowl champions went back to work today. The Patriots were on the practice field. And as always in Foxborough, there are a number of new additions who will need to assimilate. This time around, though, there is also a familiar face missing the team's first training camp since Rob Gronkowski retired in March. And speaking of familiar faces, we say hello to Mike Reese, who checks in now from Foxborough. Mike? Well, Wendy, when you think about all the things the Patriots will miss without Rob Gronkowski, his big presence in the red zone is high on the list. And in this first practice at training camp, Tom Brady went out on this field and worked one-on-one with first-round pick Nikhil Harry and veteran tight end Benjamin Watson on routes specifically into the end zone. And I caught up with Watson after practice to talk about how, how the Patriots are transitioning without Gronkowski. 
Well, Rob is a, obviously a tremendous player. Um, you know, he, he's a one-of-a-kind, one you know, one-in-a-generation type player. Uh, one thing I've always learned here was that every year is different. Every year there's new players. You've heard it before. Rosters turn over, no matter if you're here, no matter if you're anywhere else. And so um, this, is, this is a new year. You know, the, the guys on this team are going to form whatever they form as far as how well we play, um, our cohesiveness as a unit, and that's just going to develop moving forward, whatever the identity of the offense is going to be. But, um, you know, one thing about... You know, this place and our coaches, our, our quarterback, as they found a way to fight through any adversity, whatever it is, um, whoever's there and whoever's not. You mentioned the quarterback, Tom yeah. Brady. The first thing I thought of was as much as everything else changes, yeah. he's still here. He's still here. What do you see? Um, I see a, I see a young guy. I see <laughs> I see a guy that, um, you know, they talk about how old he is. Who cares? He's out there performing, and um, he's he's obviously, you know, one of the best to ever play the game. Um, one thing I love about him is how competitive he is. Watson will be serving a four-game suspension to open the season. And, Wendy, one of the things he told me was that this training camp is so important to him because of that. He needs to build a foundation so when he comes back, he can help the Patriots try to replace Rob Gronkowski. Big shoes to fill. Mike, thank you. We continue our tour. We head to Philly. Nick Foles settled in in Jacksonville, so that means Carson Wentz settles in as the Eagles' unquestioned starting quarterback. Wentz and the Eagles held their first training camp practice this afternoon. And Sal Palantonio was there. He checks in now from Eagles camp. Sal? Wendy, you know, you're going to hear a lot of different things about Carson Wentz and whether or not the Eagles are going to manage his workload going forward in training camp to make sure he's ready for the 16-game schedule. And there are going to be a lot of different stories about it. But here's the text that I sent Doug Peterson last night. I asked him, will you try to manage his workload at all this summer to make sure he has no setbacks? And Doug texted me back, we will a little bit. The bottom line is there's nothing set in stone. There's no pitch count for, for Carson Wentz. They're not going to specifically hold him back, but they are going to monitor him and make sure that he's ready to play a 16-game season, which he hasn't done since his rookie year. Listen to this. I'm, I'm ready to go, so I'm ready to go. So obviously Coach will determine with just like he does every season where the starters are playing in preseason and all that stuff, but uh, I'm, I feel good and I'm ready to go. You know, we're, we're going to we'll continue to monitor him and, and see how he goes and but, but really no limitations right now. Obviously, it's, it's day one of training camp, so we got a little time before I'm getting hit. That's why I'm in the red jersey. But uh, I, I do feel good. I feel strong, uh, and I'm, I'm ready to go. I've been watching Carson Wentz all spring very closely. He's in great shape. He said he's leaner. He's obviously changed his diet. He wants to have more stamina, more strength to make it through a 16-game season, and you can tell he's moving very, very well on the field, throwing the ball accurately on the run back to the old Carson Wentz, Wendy. Welcome back to NFL Live as we continue to monitor training camps around the league, but also notable departures for those who are opting out. Michael Thomas did not report to training camp today, a potential big problem for the New Orleans Saints, who many believe are legitimate Super Bowl contenders with a closing window for a future Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees. Well, it's an interesting decision here, Wendy. And we got Zeke Elliott also not on the Cowboys team plane to Oxnard. The team plane left just a few minutes ago. Doors went down. Zeke not on there. Now, that doesn't mean that Zeke Elliott can't join the team in progress tomorrow and be there for the first day of drills. He's not eligible to be fined. 
practice yet, but he's not on the team plane. We also already knew because he informed the team that Melvin Gordon did not report to Chargers camp on Wednesday. He's been clear he won't be there until hopefully there's a new deal. He said in the absence of said new deal, he'll take a trade. The Chargers really don't have to do anything. He, among these three, doesn't have quite as much leverage. But any way you look at it, three notable names, not in camp, holding out. They can be fined $40,000 a day starting today, I think, in just about every instance. Gordon yesterday as well. Jadavion Clowney, by the way, not in camp. But keep in mind, he did not sign his franchise tender. He cannot be fined, and he is not considered a holdout. But these three certainly are if, in fact, they don't show. And also Yannick Ngagwe, the young, great Jacksonville defensive end, also not in camp. Washington left tackle Trent Williams, vital to that team, protecting the quarterback's blind side. Not in camp, though that is not, we don't think, contract-related. It has more to do with the feelings he has about the organization and his medical staff. But the fact of the matter is we've got three elite offensive players holding out all wanting a new contract. The teams have had talks with all these players. Zeke Elliott and the Cowboys have spoken the last couple of weeks. I'm told they're not close to a deal at this point in time. Dallas has a lot of other players it wants to resign. And in a way, in this particular situation, what's interesting is both sides have leverage, right? The Dallas Cowboys have Zeke Elliott on a fourth year, a fifth year option, could franchise him for two more years, then Slap on another franchise tag if they want to. It holds up in the new CBA. So they control his rights for at least four years as it currently stands. Zeke Elliott's leverage is, I'm your best player. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to make $3.8 million. You're paying Demarcus Lawrence over $100 million. I want mine now or I'm not coming to camp. Or so it seems, again, because he still could rejoin the team tomorrow. This could be much ado about nothing. Michael Thomas, similar situation. Saints made him an offer. He can be the highest paid wide receiver in the game. He believes he deserves more. And the way that he carries himself on the football field, I think is basically carried over to the negotiation. Confident, cocky, arrogant, all those things like that. And so we have the Saints missing their top offensive weapon along with Alvin Kamara. We have the Cowboys missing Zeke Elliott. We have the Chargers without Melvin Gordon. And as we've talked about before, you go back to last year, Le'Veon Bell wasn't a holdout. He hadn't signed his franchise tender. You don't usually get multiple holdouts. You usually don't get high-profile holdouts. You usually don't get high-profile holdouts on teams that are vying for Super Bowl championships conceivably. And there's a very clear line of demarcation with the three offensive skill players. Like, it's Michael Thomas and Zeke Elliott because of the, the basic question – do those teams have chances to go and play in the Super Bowl with those players on their roster this year? Yes. Now you go to Melvin Gordon. Do the Chargers still have a chance to play in the Super Bowl without Melvin Gordon? Yes. And there's the, the, there's the line of demarcation be, be, between you know, um, Michael, Michael Thomas and Zeke in comparison to Melvin Gordon. Really good player. But he doesn't completely change their football team, whether he's there or not. Austin Eckler averaged five and a half That's a carry last year. And another thing with the Cowboys – Jason Garrett's coasting for his job this year. He sure is. And so if Jason Garrett, he might have to go have a conversation with Jerry Jones as well. It'd be like, hey, I, you, I need this guy. If you're going to change anything with Jerry. Yeah, I'm changing with Jerry. If I'm Jason Garrett, I'm like, man, this is a tough card. And, and nobody Jerry, knows Jerry that say, better than Jason than is my Coach team. Garrett. I'd like to coach yeah. the team. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If I'm Michael Thomas, if I'm a wide receiver, and I look around in my wide receiver room, and I say, just based off of last year, I have 97 more catches <laughs> than any of y'all. Any of you, 97 more. 
two seasons worth for some That's people. That's unbelievable. It's really the dip, and that is, I'm by the way, there, the exact differential. I'm going to sit there correct. and go like this. That's not fake news. I'm not coming. Otherwise, throw it to one of them. Hey. Let's see what you're going to do throwing it to one of them. Let's see how many years Drew wants to keep playing throwing it to one of them. I mean, that sounds crass. It sounds arrogant. But you know what? Listen, and I've been on both sides of this, okay? I've been on front office side. I've been on player side. I'm just telling you this. Look, we have seen teams many, many times be very cold and calculating with players as far as when we don't think your value, your surplus value, your performance relative to your cost matches up, they send you down the road. These guys are going, I know you need me. Mm-hmm. Hey. And guess what? Michael Thomas. So you can't be mad. Don't be mad at him. Don't be mad at him. No, I'm not saying you. I'm I'm saying in general because you know what happens? Generally, people start to rip on players. Yep. Okay? And in general, people start going – these spoiled brats. Well, You're getting so paid to play a game. Exactly. But so understand many. that this is the business, right? So, And whenever players get cut because their performance drops off or the salary cap winds up getting a team into trouble, I don't ever hear anyone ever say, man, you should have never cut that player. That team is ridiculous for doing it. They just kind of go, hey, that's his business, hey, right? Oh, hold on. We have segments hold about on. salary cap casualties, all that stuff. We see teams <laughs> cut players. I wasn't talking to you. We see teams cut players on the eve of training camp as they show up for training camp. Ooh, that, true. Is that that's right? That's true. That's true. They do that because that's in their best interest. That's right. And so these players that's right. are holding out to you know what? Because it's in their best interest. Michael Thomas now is scheduled talking. to make over $1 million this year. Michael Thomas never should step foot on a football sure. field for one-plus million dollars when he is going to be, at some point, yeah. a very, very wealthy man. And I think Zeke Elliott feels the same way well, yeah, running I mean, back, apparently. And as we and said, I mean, the, the running way. backs, I mean, those guys are in such a bad spot. Because if you are in the front office and you are making these decisions and you have seen it lay out this way, meaning – and we're not saying that Zeke is replaceable – just like if, if in New Orleans, right, if this was Alvin Kamara we were talking about, we're not saying that Alvin Kamara is replaceable, okay, those kinds of players. But we have seen teams go ahead and move on from players instead of paying them big contracts, and they get a certain percentage of the performance, and they are able to kind of absorb the rest of, make up for the rest of the lack of performance with other parts of the team and keep on rolling. And that at running back, that mentality is pervading the league. And you can see why. And the players know it. They know it. There is a business discussion to be had. And I think we all could agree that we're seeing players fight back and try to take more control and do things that, frankly, they haven't done in the past. There's also a football element to this. Are the Dallas Cowboys good enough to win a Super Bowl no. without Zeke Elliott? No. I Are the New that's... Orleans Saints good enough to win a Super Bowl no, without they, Michael they, Thomas? They'd be in nope. trouble. And they'd so trouble. with these two players who are withholding their services, Smart. apparently withholding their services, as you mentioned right away, the playoff picture in the NFC is remade. You think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to enjoy Zeke Elliott's holdout yeah, very Yeah, Jim much? Schwartz is like, you, you know what? It? Stay yeah, home, bud. You're good. And you know you're what? This, is a, this isn't just sports-specific. This is just negotiating one-on-one. 101, isn't it? If you have leverage and you know a place needs you, this is what Supply, you do. Supply, demand, and That's leverage. That's right. There you That's go. You know what's interesting? That's just the way it is. Le'Veon Bell and the Jets are a great case study. What happens with them this year? Because if he totally changes that football totally team and offense – our, pers- our perspective of the running back might start to skew back to what it's been over the last three or four decades. On the contrary. 
There's the other side of that. Sure. Yeah. That coin. If they can. T- yeah. <laughs> if, a lot of ifs there. We'll see. It's camp time, though, and the new look Cleveland Browns held their first team-wide practice of training camp today. The expectations are high in Cleveland, just a year removed from not winning a single game. While Baker Mayfield, the leader of this young team, all eyes also on the newest prize possession, Odell Beckham Jr. Josina Anderson is in Ohio for camp and joins us now. JoJo? Yes, well, you know, it's very interesting because yesterday, Wendy, we were talking about how is this team going to really mesh all these star-studded personalities together. But right now I want to talk about Fred Coach, uh, head coach Freddie Kitchens. And just like Phil Jackson was for the Bulls and Steve Kerr is now for the Warriors, what's really stood out to me the more I've listened to Freddie Kitchens in the offseason and even now through training camp is just how much of a perfect personality type he is for this star-studded roster. And even when adversity hits and you know that will be inevitable, you know he's going to be so comfortable sitting shoulder-to-shoulder with these guys and talking to them eye-to-eye as opposed to talking behind their back or something else like that. And you know why it's so easy for Freddie? Kitchens. Well, he said it in his presser yesterday. He said, even my mentors know that I'm not changing for anybody. I am who I am. And if you don't like me, that's your problem. So obviously it would be hard for him to ask Baker Mayfield or Odell to change when he's not doing that himself. And even today, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. both co-signed on the fact that they like him because he's so honest and he is so real. Matter of fact, I asked Odell, are you going to invite head coach Freddie Kitchens on your YouTube channel since yesterday? He said, that he would like to have you on. He said, oh, yeah, I can have him on for an episode. We can talk about, you know, Southern cooking or whatever, definitely eat and chop it up. And lastly, I said, so maybe you should uh, ask him if he can feed you no pun intended, for the one goal that you told me that you have for this season yesterday, at least one of them, which is to have 20 touchdowns, 100 receptions, and 2,000 yards, obviously, in contributing to help this team win. So, Wendy, we'll see if he attains that. But the big thing here that I'm taking away from training camp so far is just how well Freddie Kitchens meshes with everybody and and could be the perfect straw to mix it up and, and attain all those wins, hopefully, this season. Welcome back to NFL Live. If you have not been with us, some notable names missing from the start of training camp. We knew about Melvin Gordon, but developments today, Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas, at least at this point, not present and accounted for when it comes to camp, Jeffy. Wendy, let's start with Michael Thomas. The Saints and Michael Thomas have been engaged in negotiations for weeks now. Michael Thomas obviously seeking that big new deal that would make him the highest paid wide receiver in all of football. The deal has not gotten done. The Saints have had a standing offer. He did not feel it was good enough. He knows how important he is to their offense. And so when the veterans showed up today, a player vital to their playoff hopes did not show up for the physical, did not show up for the team meeting. First practice tomorrow. We'll see if and when he makes it in. I mean, this guy's coming off of 125 catches and 1,400 yards. When everybody in the stadium, the opposing team, the coaches, the players, knew the ball was going to get thrown to him. And so the reality is this. If you asked Dan Quinn of the Falcons or Eric Washington of the Panthers or Todd Bowles of the Bucks in that division, those defensive coordinators, uh, you know, uh, who's the most important or dangerous player in your division? Everyone's going to say Michael Thomas. And the other big news today, of course, involved Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys team plane left for Oxnard, California, about 30 minutes ago when the team plane's doors closed. And the plane took off. Zeke Elliott, who would like a new contract, was not on there. Now, the first practice is not until Saturday. The team will undergo physicals tomorrow in Oxnard, California. 
Zeke Elliott could join them at any point in time. But the fact that he's not on the team plane means that the Zeke watch flu is underway. Look, we know what the tangible effects are of him not being there. Obviously, you don't have a premium, premier, one-of-a-kind type runner and pass protector and pass catcher on your football team. So we know that. Here's the thing. When he is lining up in the backfield for the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys believe themselves, meaning the other 10 players on offense and the other 11 starters plus role players on defense, feels though we got a shot to win every football game because Zeke is here. His presence, it's comforting. You know he's good. You know he's a warrior. You know he's a baller. If he's not there, he knows that too. He knows this team isn't as confident with him there, and Jerry Jones knows it too. Well, just like we do when players hold out, we wait now and we watch. We also watch what's going on in Green Bay. The Packers practicing today, their first practice, since some eyebrow-raising comments from quarterback Aaron Rodgers regarding the setup of new head coach Matt LaFleur's offense. What I can say is that him and I are friends. I think that's the first the first part of uh, the relationship. And uh, the on-the-field relationship is one that grows over time. You know, he hasn't call the play into me in a game situation yet. So there's a process of, of feeling comfortable with the way the play comes in and uh, him trusting me and me trusting him. But I feel great about the communication. I mean, he's uh, he's in every meeting. We spend time uh, one-on-one talking about stuff. Uh, he's the main voice in the offensive room. And, um, but he, he, he really appreciates uh, open conversation and ideas and creativity. So it's been Look, it's been a great relationship, a great start to it, and um, I look forward to, to that growing and, and getting into that uh, that rhythm with him as a play caller. And we're off in Green Bay and some news on the West Coast. Yep, number two overall pick Nick Bosa just reached agreement with the 49ers in a four-year, $33.5 million deal. And I think, look, we know that these picks are going to get done, but there won't be another Bosa holdout in San Francisco. He'll be there for the start of practice. Not his first bad first job out of college, huh. if you think about it. Rounding out our camp tour this afternoon, none other than the New York football giants at practice today, and so too was Dan Graziano. Wendy, any talk about a Giants quarterback controversy exists outside of this facility. Those who are here working every day are very much on message in terms of Eli Manning starting the season as the starter and Daniel Jones working to get better every day. Jones is so on message, he said the word improve. 14 times in his news conference today. Take a listen. I think first and foremost, just to just to improve, um, you know, every day to improve. So, you know, as a player, I think, you know, helping this team improve is kind of where all of our focuses are. But individually, just to, just to keep improved, you know, I think improving, I think my kind of focus right now is, is to improve. I think we found a way to, to kind of improve as a, as a group, improve as a unit, and, uh, you know, that way helping the offense improve. You know, my focus is on improving today, uh, improving tomorrow, and kind of taking those steps. You know, every day to improve, you know, and, and just, just improving every day is kind of where, where our focus is, and I think that's been, um, you know, helpful so far in helping the, you know, the, the team improve. Yeah, so in case that message didn't come across clearly, Wendy, Jones isn't really worried about competitions or timetables. He's worried about, I guess you could say, getting better. At some point... Jones will be the Giants' starting quarterback. He's the number six pick overall in this year's draft. But the timing on that is going to have to wait until he improves. I feel kind of bad 
I'm not going to lie. It's just funny. You know, and it's funny, and it's uh, it's early in the process. But by all accounts, Eli Manning invigorated by this competition. He's got one because he's the number six overall pick. So we'll see. The Giants are in camp. All 32 teams are working as of tomorrow. Hope you had a good summer, folks, because football is back. We will see you on Friday.